welcome to the Amy Kunkel Audio Hour. On today's episode, I'm going to be covering a couple more chapters in my new book, Unbound Allegiance, Finding Freedom in a Truth of Your Own. And I also wanted to let you know I am posting these podcasts over on YouTube. So if that's easier for you to check out, and also you can see my crystals that I'm waving in front of the camera right now as I'm doing this podcast. So I actually have some really pretty clear quartz crystals today on my desk. So this is actually the section of my book where I talk about crystals. So why don't we get into the episode right now? I've covered chapters zero, which is the start here chapter, all the way to chapter six in my new book. And honestly, this point in my awakening, page 83, chapter seven, individuation, is where I start really applying things, seeing how they sink in, doing some of the deeper work. And so I think I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I have some dates that I have shown in my book to kind of help you see like, oh, this whole process took her like six months to go through. And it's really not, I don't, I don't know if it's helpful for you or not. I hope that it is. This actually, the next three chapters cover the six months after my family moved back from Washington, D.C., but my husband was still there. So this was actually a really good time for me to be able to do my own personal deep work kind of on my own without my husband and my partner here in my life with me, if that makes sense. So chapter seven, individuation, is named basically on the concept that Carl Jung has developed that talks about us as humans becoming this fully realized version of ourselves. So he says that individuation is the integration of the conscious and the unconscious. So this is where I really do start kind of integrating some of my unconscious beliefs and really working them out, bringing them to the light and healing. So one of the first things that I did when I moved back to Ohio was I learned Transcendental Meditation. And I share in my book that it was definitely something that I needed as kind of that type A, I need to know exactly the right way to meditate. And I say that with just a little caveat that there is no right way. And I didn't really know that at the time. So this is something that has grown and changed a lot for me. And meditation has continued to be very much a foundation of my belief system, if you want to call it that. Um, And so I talk about meditation throughout the book. And next was 
something and I'm flipping the pages of my book. Next, I really start getting into some of the harder issues I think that um, I have internally battled with, which this particular subject matter is my church and my religion that I grew up in for 40 years, my entire life basically. And so I talk about quietly quitting the church and how, you know, when we were in the church, a lot of times people come and go because, you know, they don't like the music or they didn't get along with the youth director or whatever it is. But for me, I was changing my belief. Like I didn't believe the fundamental doctrine of the church and really, yeah, I have, I have a whole podcast on why I probably will never go to church again. And you can listen to that if you care to. But one of you know, the things I was coming back to Ohio and, and not really just taking my life, not just adding things back into my life because I had them there before. This was one of those things that I was just not doing anymore. And so I talk about that in my book and I, and in this chapter, sorry, I keep, keep talking about the entire book. I, and then one of the other things I, I'll cover in this chapter is this idea of not really knowing what I believed was kind of a, a friction point for me because I, I just didn't have all the answers. And I think it's really just okay to say, I don't know, I don't have all the answers. And I use some examples in the book for conversations that I had with my my husband. And, you know, he would ask me like one of the fundamental Christian belief questions like, you know, do you believe that Jesus was God's son? And it, my answer was like, I don't know. I really just think that God is energy. God isn't what we make him out to be and I don't know if he's a he and <laughs> so I feel like this was sort of this point where things were finally kind of coming out about my awakening and I didn't have all the answers so it was it was a frustrating time for me and probably those around me so I talk about that in the book and I'm sure if you've experienced something where you you know don't believe what you believed before you're just like, I don't know. But there's so many people that want to know. They're like, well, I need to know this. No, you don't need to know this. It's okay to just not know for a minute. <laughs> so then the next chapter, chapter eight, is on energy distribution. Like all of, seriously, my whole awakening was triggered by this idea that we're made of energy. And so how that... I think at that moment where it clicked that, wait a second, we're made of energy. Like, I think I, I knew that. I definitely knew that. I mean, I took science classes. I had physics in college. I had a lot of, you know, I knew that already, but it didn't, it didn't click. And at that moment I shifted from my level of consciousness from this authoritative, uh, 
religion kind of consciousness to a science consciousness. That was my initial like shift in consciousness where I was like, huh, I, I didn't necessarily stay there in the science only kind of consciousness, but it was a, a very distinct shift in my, my worldview and my perspective. So this whole chapter talks about a lot of things related to energy. I like Dr. Joe Dispenza. He talks a lot about how we develop our personality. And so he says, and it really is all about thinking your thoughts instead of letting them kind of run your life, you being that conscious awareness in your mind. And uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dispenza says that if you track your personality back, you begin, it begins by having a thought repeat long enough that becomes a mood. And then that mood stays long enough to become a temperament. And the temperament stays long enough to become your personality. And so I talk about um, you know, some people are like glasses half empty kind of people. Well, they didn't start that way. Maybe they just started with a thought that was like, oh, my glass is half empty. <laughs> and then it just, you know, that was obviously a very literal translation, but the idea that I, you know, you just, you start one day and if you keep saying, like my son keeps saying, oh, I hate school, I hate school. And I'm like, honey, you can't change it. Just stop like ruminating on it. And otherwise, like you really just get in this, like everything in your behavior starts to reflect that you hate school. And then that just gets you down a path of negativity as it relates to school that you just don't want to be down. So I talk about Joe Dispenza and his work, uh, the most recent book that I've read of his is Becoming Supernatural, and I highly recommend it if this is interesting to you. I share about one of the vlogs that I did, and it was actually, it just happened to be during the Summit of Greatness, which was the very first year that Lewis Howes did his annual conference in Columbus, which was really great because it's super close for me. And I was experimenting with just changing my allergy to tree nuts, like almonds, pistachios, pecans, walnuts. I am allergic to tree nuts and usually my, my mouth will swell up and if I swallow too much, my throat will swell up and then my stomach will react adversely. And so, but I'm, you know, definitely got into this, this time where I was trying to change some of these things about my body that I just didn't want to believe anymore. And actually Jess Lively had an episode on her podcast, The Lively Show, where she was doing a similar thing with her eyesight. So I got the idea and I decided to try to heal my allergies and I actually was very successful. Like I had a piece of pecan pie that summer. I just, I think that what I, 
in summer, like what I summarize in my book is that you only have so much energy and if you want to spend all of it, you know, healing your eyesight or getting rid of your allergies, you can do that. But I felt like there were other things in my life that I wanted to be working on. So, so that was kind of just a fun experiment that I shared in my book. And then I get into some of the other conscious practices that I did around energy. And I talk about moon cycles and how I realized I had this fluctuation of energy that was kind of based on the moon, whether you know it was a full moon or, um, so I talk about that and I talk about crystals. This is actually one of, I think this is one of the crystals I got from my Reiki energy worker. I talk about that and I think I talk about that and I talk about that in my next chapter, but it has a lot to do with energy. So, and this is also one thing that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about is that energy blocks in our body can turn to disease. And I feel like that is one of those things that people, some people just do not buy into and that's okay. You don't have to buy into the law of attraction. You don't have to buy into gravity. But I still kind of think that they are going on. You are having an issue with your heart because you've had so much, you know, closed, like you've been closed off your whole life to, to really opening your heart to people. So I think that there is a definite correlation between energy blocks and energy in our body and disease. So then the next chapter, I kind of continue this discussion, but one of my huge aha, not aha moments, but one of the big turning points in my transformation was the idea of healing. I think when I went through my false awakening and many people go through awakenings or midlife crisis type moments and they don't heal. They don't do the deeper work to find out why it happened or why it's there. They just assume that they're having this trouble with their heart because the doctor says, well, you've eaten too many steaks in your life or whatever, <laughs> whatever they're diagnosis is based on your symptoms but when you really look at energy flow in the body and our emotions I think you will find that more of these things are connected so I started talking about healing the unconscious and the shadow versus the pain body and I don't know um, I talk about Carl Jung a lot because I really appreciate what he has contributed to our world in um, his work on depth psychology and analytical psychology. And so his term is the shadow and the shadow is those unconscious, often negative thoughts, behaviors that come that are unconscious to us but they tend to 
drive a lot of things that happen in our life. And so the pain body is an Eckhart Tolle term, and that refers to some something very similar. Um, it's just maybe more of a spiritual term, and Jung's is more of a scientific term. So the pain body, I discuss two different examples. One example is when I was a baby and why I think I had some of the allergies and, and I had terrible, terrible eczema and skin trouble as a child. And I rejected my mother's breast milk, which if you flip a couple of pages over to the story about pain body in, um, I guess it's healing in children is the name of the subtitle chapter uh, section. Healing in children, my daughter also, one of my children also, I don't know if I would consider it rejected my breast milk, but she projectile vomited for the first year of her life, all the while I was breastfeeding her. So I talk about why that happened in me based on things that were happening in my parents' lives. And I talk about why I believe this happened in my daughter's life because of things that happened in my life. And it's basically past negative emotion. So I have negative emotion. It's being passed directly to my baby. And she then grows and develops with these health issues or emotional issues as I did as a child as well. So it can get very deep. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to do the deep work or they don't understand some of the things like this. I know I was talking to one of my friends recently and she said, you know, she had a teenage pregnancy and that daughter had so many issues uh, as she was a teenager. And I said, well, what was going on in your life when that baby was born? And she said, oh, it was scandalous. It was just traumatic for my family. All of these really heart-wrenching negative feelings that, that my friend was going through they passed to her daughter unconsciously, inadvertently. It isn't anyone's fault, but they passed to her daughter and her daughter had just this shadow in her that she really didn't understand. And I feel like if you can just bring light to this issue, bring light to the shadow, you can heal it and move on. And I have done some of this work with my daughter because I feel like I have created some pain body in her. And so I am consciously helping her to cope with some of these things, helping her to heal uh, and really understanding the thoughts that we have around these things. I think a, a doctor or a physician would probably say, oh, well, she has anxiety. 
Like they would just label it as anxiety or depression and start to medicate it and not really get to the root of why, why this possibly is happening. And so I definitely did some work back when I, you know, was writing about it or when I was living this book. And I even do that now because I see how patterns in my children especially are there because of me, unconscious things that I've passed on to them, whether it be wanting to be the center of attention in a situation. I mean, every, every kind of thing that forms our personality, everything that forms how we operate in the world and even th what we think of ourselves, those kinds, all of these things are connected to our unconscious. And as Carl Jung says, when, when we can integrate our conscious and our unconscious, we become whole. And I feel like that is the best version of ourselves that we are seeking. And so that wraps up. Whew, that's a, that's a serious and somewhat heavy chapter. And so I also do give you some ideas for things that I've done to heal. And some of them are very simple affirmations. I talk about the Reiki energy healing. I talk about hypnotherapy. There are other ways as well, but besides going directly to a doctor and, and saying, oh, well, you know, my daughter's really stressed out about school. There is a lot more to it than that. And I feel like, especially as parents, we need to, first of all, take some of the blame for this. I hate to use that word, but we need to take, just understand that we did the best we could, but we also didn't have the tools that are available to us in this moment right now. And so you can change how you interact with your children. You can understand that you have a pain body, you have unconscious shadow uh, in you and you can also acknowledge that in your children and you can help them make a, become aware of it. My children are old enough now where I can say, you know what, this isn't all your fault. Like, I know you're feeling sad right now, but it's just, you can have the awareness and you can just observe that feeling. It doesn't have to become your identity you know, help them kind of separate from that and separate from the guilting and the shaming that can, that can often come with sadness or depression or even showing your feelings, you know, showing crying in front of someone. <laughs> That's one thing that I've kind of tried to do lately is just maybe share with my kids like, oh, I had the best cry today. Like it just felt so good to get that energy just out and gone. <laughs> and they just think I'm nuts sometimes, but I think it also helps them to just be like, okay, mom cries, cool. Like, I guess it's not terrible because, you know, as parents, we, 
we try to set the example and often don't show our vulnerability to our kids. So I have gotten off topic today, but that's actually the end of that chapter and the end of that six month period that happened in my book, Unbound Allegiance. So I hope that this was interesting slash helpful slash exciting. I don't even know. I hope that you have a fabulous week. I will be back next week talking about the next couple of chapters. I only have two episodes left and then I'm going to be maybe getting into some interviews. I really like having conversations with people about some of these issues and I will also be putting on my open house uh, book launch talk and a couple other things. So I will have lots more fun podcasts coming your way. So thank you so much for joining me. Have an amazing week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast and I'm pretty sure you haven't because the last time I checked, there were not very many. I would really appreciate you taking the time to give me some honest feedback. I know that there are a million bazillion podcasts out there to listen to, and I really hope that I bring you value. information on me or on where to follow me and the guests that I have on visit amykunkel.com or follow me on Instagram at amy underscore kunkel underscore creative. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.